Hello, and you're listening to Let's Drone Out. And special thank you to our lovely patrons that help donate so that we can pay the editor to remove the swear words and silly things we say. Massive thank you to... Carlos Campos. Art Faulkner. Sam Dharma. Mikey Dread. On with the show. Let's Drone Out. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Let's Drone Out. Tonight we are joined by everyone's favourite curry kitten. Hello. Kitten, he land a plane and he didn't break the one prop he had. <laughs> I did have the other props in the bag I then found out after I put it away, but it, uh, it worked. But it's not a video unless you ratchet up the tension though, is it? I was, so. I was, I was on the edge of my seat. Uh, tonight's special guest, Painless360. Hello, good evening. Um, I had to explain that Painless was the name of the gun from the Predator, and then explain Predator and Al- versus Alien is a different film. And then I had to explain where the pill come from and everything. I had, I had a long, long chat the other day about that. And shiny video stuff, Stephen is here. Hello. Sounds like Painless may have got a rather extended Wikipedia entry by now. Well, that, that's very nice of you to say that. It's just the weather. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's in good humour tonight. Looking forward to this. Yeah. And I am bright until I fly, and I am okay. I'm in a bit of pain, but uh, it, the procedure went well. And... Uh, Good stuff, Jack. So many people now know what my insides look like. A lot of hello painlesses in the chat. Hello, How everybody. Have you, been? I, you know Questions what? I, painless, please. I was looking at when I was last on the show, and it was about the 2nd of September last year. It was a couple of days before we went to the. There was a show we all. No, no, it was the one up here, the one in the Midlands. Western. Western. It was Western Park. Where I inappropriately touched uh, Andy RC. <laughs> Sorry, Andy. <laughs> to be fair, anytime you touch somebody, it's inappropriate, isn't it? Yeah. That's I a know. whole thing I'm not getting involved in. But yeah. I know. What's Painless been up to then? What, what's been going through your world recently? Well, we were just talking about before we came uh, on the pre show uh, about. The last week and a half, the big thing has been um, SSD drives and changing over to my new main computer. So the reason that I was so desperate to get in and do the pre-show stuff, so thank you to Jack for for just letting me jump on here, is that this is literally the first ever uh, kind of streaming thing on a new rig. So this machine's been in in place about a week. Um, And uh, it's it's a nice modern system with SSD drives and all the big fancy graphics cards and stuff with the video editing. Um, and it's, my old one was eight years old. So it had been upgraded several times, but you know, you know, you get to the point where the motherboard is just, you know, it's had it. 
you're putting lipstick on a pig and then you just i can't do this anymore and then this one hopefully is going to keep, keep me going anyway long story short um this has an ssd and it goes like stink so i thought oh, okay my friend had put an ssd in one of his laptops so i got an ssd and put it in my laptop and then my wife happened to see it and went, oh, my machine's running a bit slow. So this afternoon, I put an SSD. And so everything in the house is SSD. So at the moment, not a huge amount of radio control stuff, but all the computers in the house are now SSD-drived and have extra memory. And if any of you are listening to this and you're running on a PC that you've had for a little while and it's running like a pig and it always sounds like it's on the spin cycle of a washing machine and you ask it to do something and you have to wait and you go yeah. and get another cup of coffee – Get yourself an SSD drive. It's dead simple to do. It's probably three or four hours, and most of that is just sat watching a little bar move across the screen as it copies the files over. Put the SSD in. You will never look back. And it's so, pretty much the most affordable upgrade you can do right now because the prices on CPUs have shot up. Prices on memory are picking up again. Prices on graphics cards have been insane for several years, but SSDs are pennies now, aren't they? I was, I, was, for about Steve, I was really surprised because I went on there and got because they're all two terabytes I've been putting in here. But last time I looked at SSDs, it was kind of you know mortgage your house territory, and it's like 130, 150 quid for a two terabyte, and that's easily enough that's for a boot drive. Um, you know, it's a Samsung, it's the 870s, um, so they're not bad drives. That's so, anyway, a nice so, performer for those who aren't following yeah, the numbers game, yeah, it 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 just. It just makes such a difference. But the interesting thing is it did make me think of the hobby because I, I was one of those people that I kind of knew I needed an SSD because the old machine was running like a pig. And it's a case of do you put continue to put money into that old machine knowing you're running out of road or do you make the jump? And um, it, my friend, as I said, put an SSD into one of his computers and came and just said to me, Oh my God, it's transformed it. And I was like, has it really? And then one of my other friends did it. He, well, he didn't do it. He gave it to a PC shop and they swapped it over and he got it back and he went, wow, it's like a new, it's amazing. And the pen, and I thought, okay, maybe this is, this is something I need to look at. And it kind of made me think of all those instances in the hobby where we have our own little things that we like mm-hmm. and somebody else over here has something else that they like and they rave about. And because we haven't experienced it, we kind of dismiss it as a, you know, well, you've got your thing and I've got my thing over here and I'm happy with my digital. thing. Me, and then Curry, you, digital. Yeah. And then you go <laughs> over there and you, and you try it and you go, oh my Lord, this is amazing. Why didn't, why didn't nobody tell me? And it was, I don't it like was, seeing things. things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that, yeah. that is one of the problems with DJI, though, isn't it? That once you, once you do try it and you do the HD thing, uh, you know, when you go back to analog, it is kind of like, oh, God, it feels like there's all smudge on it. You know, it, it spoils analog a little bit. Yeah, I did the uh, SSD upgrade for my mum over Christmas, moved her from the spinning disc, the clickery-clattery one. Yeah. She doesn't doesn't complain about anything, and but then it's like, oh, wow, isn't it fast? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, my wife's big PC, um, when she bought it, she only wanted to do office on it. So we didn't, you know, we, we didn't need a massive high performance driver, lots of memory. And then she's got into all of this maker stuff. So she's got, you know, vinyl cutters and printers and all kinds of, you know, more machines than I've got. And that's saying something. So dealing with big graphics files, you know, she'd load a graphics file and she was saying it would take. I would be able to have a shower and make a cup of coffee in the time it took to load the image, literally. And she just mm-hmm. tried it now after me doing it this afternoon, and it's and it 
three seconds and it was on the screen. And you and don't was, need to worry about so disc defrags as well on a, no. carrying on down this brave tangent that we forged. Oh, Caroline yeah, Tyler, yeah. RC. If you've got an SSD, you don't need to do the whole painful disc defrag, which you might remember if you were a Windows 95 user back oh. in the day, because defrags are only required if you want to make all the data contiguous and SSDs are quite happy just to pick data out from all over the drive. It doesn't have to be in a nice, neat pattern. So no more defrags. It's that legacy of us having disks and uh, tracks and sectors on a yeah. physical spinning yeah. medium, and we don't have that on this SSD. It's not but like it, an LP I, anymore. No, a running check disk to make sure the disk that I was about to, was very good because you know check disk was something I first ran at the end of the eighties, and it was kind of like oh this is I, I remember this it's really good. So apart so apart from that, to answer your question, Steve, uh, most of it has been the kind of stuff behind me. See, we're in that thing where the cameras are all around again. Yeah. Um, where you know planes and quads and stuff, and I was I was saying to Curry before we came on. The problem is, is that whenever the weather is really good, you don't seem to get anything in that needs to be flown for review or for testing. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as the weather turns, stuff starts turning up. So my poor dining table is covered in planes as well. So the and and what it means is that the first half. I was about to say it looks go, remarkably neat in there. It doesn't look like a man who's obsessed with building planes at all. It looks like you've properly tidied the place. Well, no, what you can't see is each side. Uh, and what I've done is carefully, carefully, <laughs> very. You know, the if tone I move neatness. It, yeah, absolutely. It's like a hoarder's house. There's like towers each side of me. Um, I, I, I like the I like the way that you know anyone who's a Patreon of Lee's. I love how he tests his rig on our show so the, the, if there's any f- ups this on here and his patient nice sorry i've been dying to get a little dig in hey yeah well you know you could, it's this i was pretty confident that's why i wanted to be hit early brother just to double check um ever the professional but the, the um cds behind you as well i believe oh jeez oh, wrong wrong thing again yeah. yes Yes, old oh. CDs. I do. I do. Love this. It's, it's one of the last bits of media that I haven't chucked out. Everything yeah. else is pretty much gone, including most of the DVDs and things these days. Yeah, Curry's got a right hard drive on for physical media and I like printing physical media and printing uh, controller holders. Oh yeah, this is true. I, yeah, you put your controllers up; they're all there. But yeah, if if you're a gamer. Um, and you like your history, then you know you're in all sorts of troubles from sort of now on because everything's pretty much digital. Like anybody Regulation. that's playing Xbox now is just on Game Pass, and everything comes down digitally. So the old days of collecting cartridges and DVDs and CDs is sort of gone. But we still need them because we, there's history in them. We like do. And- to have. It, it is. And you, you, I remember going and buying full-size albums, and you, know, you actually had artwork, and you also had the lyrics and things inside. Yeah, it was all that. History. Oh my lord, what is that? The largest is, PDB you've ever seen. Yeah, this is this is like you know just full on. Do you remember the ZMR technology? Oh, the ZMR two fifties. Yeah. Can with, you tilt uh, the camera? No, Does it let you? Um, I used the bracket. So yeah, oh my word! Look at that! It's like you're living in the future. HS eleven seventy seven. You you bought a vintage I, camera. <laughs> yeah. The only thing is, is does Quality. anyone 
if, if you're listening to this, does anyone have... Um, I'm, I'm having a little micro min. Uh, you remember those micro min OSDs? Yeah. I'm having, having a little bit of an issue. I've I've had to reflow chips onto this one. I got to straighten the, the chip out. What? It keeps it keeps cooking them. There's something wrong. <laughs> Someone has put a pin somewhere to where that OSD that they shouldn't have. Um, and haven't we come such a long way? Yeah, we oh, got, I'm gonna say three of us have come a long way, Lee. One of us is right back where he started. <laughs> I, I managed to hey, find Emacs 2205. Is that no? These are these are the these are the race star ones. Do you remember those? Oh, yeah, yeah. The, these are before, so this is post Cobra, but not. Uh, red I feel this is this is too late now. Well, the rolling material while well, they were still cool. You're, you're using two yeah. modern motors. I can't get any old motors. I'm trying. Do you want me to break out the DT750s? We need something that's just over there. No one. They won't fit on here. <laughs> Let me have a look in the spares bin because I did. I never throw any motors away, and I. And, I and we need old ESCs as well. Right. I could probably I mean, sort you out with both of those. One, one shot, one, two, five, baby. The, well, 35 it, it, quid, F7 ESC. Bosh. 40 quid, two, 40 two amp, new. 128K Beal Heli 32 ESC. Cheap. Yeah, but yeah, but he's lubed that frame up, the sick oh, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. I even played the it sweet, sweet music. Can we can we play that video? Do I do I dare download it? It's it, I can't do it because it's in the let's drone out chat. I can play it if you deeply want to. I mean, it's it's I, it'll do. demonetize yeah. us, but it's not like we make any money, is it? Yeah, go for it. Sunny Sky Motors and Simon K. Yeah, I got the I got the whole family. I've got my AOS three point five, which uh, flew precisely twice before it. Let out the magic smoke and took a nosedive. Um, was that a little audio? No. Yeah, it was. No. Well over no, no, tuned. No, no, that's quite recent. Um, <laughs> I think I just had a short on the capacitor leads. And then I, um, when I crashed my giant, stupid uh, Talist machine ripoff from Banggood, I bought the AOS 7 as well because I was just curious about it. It's got these funny two piece arms. Like, if you can see that, the arm is actually. It's two bits and they fit together like a what? jigsaw, which is quite that is neat. Funky. Yeah, and there's a little plate to lock them together. Um, nice so you... flight shirt, by the way. I've oh, only yeah. just noticed it. How cool is that? Yeah. Well, you know, give them a bit of cash. Uh, they've got a Patreon as well. I don't think that hardly anyone realizes this because there's only about like 20 people on the Beta Flight Patreon, I think. But yeah, they've got a Patreon. Bung them a couple of quid. Nope. I see Andrew Hyams is definitely trying to get in there with all the old school stuff. He's just listing out all the stuff that we used to use back in the day. Don't, Nike, don't make Nike me. No, I'm going to have to visit the shelf now, Lee. It looks like one of them didn't really uh, sort out their carbon, though, because I've literally just cut myself on one of those frames. Ow. I don't know which one it was, but it's sharp. Ow. 27 megahertz. I think Tony still runs on that. <laughs> it's no fun if he's not here to personally abuse. So my quad build for this year will be featuring the classic KK board. Oh my! Just Lord, to see how that. we did it in the olden days. 
What's the and vertical, vertical gyro? Use one of these baby. guys. Gyro. Yeah, and don't don't forget, as I keep saying, these little see those little flathead screwdriver things. That's how you adjust your gains. That's gains, man. Gains, old school gains. No PIDs on that baby. There's a screwdriver. OSD, what's that? I have to get a separate one and install it. Because it's you can't Mr. integrate Carson's it. lab, isn't it, really? He has literally got tubes and he's got that plastic screwdriver and he's got a floating crown so he doesn't barbecue himself. Literally. Quite, quite sharp. I'm bleeding quite appreciably now. Oh, you need to get a plaster. Go get a plaster. I may have, may have to go do that. Lee, uh, did you so just pull I would stuff not out recommend of... CNC Madness because no. that's like a ninja's weapon. No, you own one of those plastic adjuster pot things so that you don't fry it. Well, they they got a name. I can't remember what they're called. Plastic Eleven finger. No, but they, that's, they used to come with them, didn't they, some of them? You had the little plastic, you know, because it was high tech back in the day. But, um, yeah, like I said, we've come a long way, which is good. So what have you, what have you been flying, Curry? Anything exciting? Um, no, I just plane. I just put out a video where I was flying a plane on uh, an ELRS PWM receiver to see how that would work, and that worked pretty well, apart from my throwing's a bit lacking. I put it in the ground a couple of times, but it was all right. I, then do, I enjoyed flew... that video. Oh, thank you. Then I flew my OpenHD quad, and that was going quite nicely after we sorted out some of the issues. But then I got a little bit flip-flappy happy which is a mistake on a quad where I've literally got a, a, a great big printed piece to mount um, a Raspberry Pi Zero, and it has a big <laughs> piece of cable. And I think it's like, yeah, I did a little roll, and then I was like, let's do a fast flip. And then my, you know, if you're upside down and your video completely freezes and you're like, is the video going to come back? And by that time, you're already in the ground anyway. And yeah. I think what had happened is in that time, the little bit of spare ribbon cable I had putting things together had come out slightly the prop had hit it this had pulled the pie forward smashed it into the side and bent some pins and then the next prop hit the connector <laughs> on the camera thing and so that sort of exploded so i got it back and, and looked at it and fortunately the, the quite expensive camera and wi-fi adapter were okay but um I forgot to check where the GPS was, and that wasn't there when I took everything back. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you've ever done like I've got everything. Let's go, and then you two hundred yards away, you suddenly say, "Ah, oh, the GPS isn't here," and you just look over this field of grass and say, yeah. "Well, it was about there-ish." Yeah, so I couldn't find that, and um, unfortunately, that's broken the Pi Zero. I, I plugged the Pi Zero in to see if it was okay. It looks okay, and um, it basically. It's it's now like an iron. It heats up to like a thousand degrees. It's like ooh, I better unplug that and no lights come on, which is which is not a problem. GPSs are cheap, and you can buy a Pi Zero for under five pounds. But that would mean there actually has to be any Pi Zeros in stock anywhere in the entire world, which there aren't. Oh god, which is a bit if, of a pain. If, if anyone has got a Pi Zero and they send it to Curry, I will send you a Raspberry Pi Three. I take it as That's the opportunity to upgrade to one of those Pi Zero two Ws or twos, where they've got a quad core no, CPU instead yeah. of a single core. I don't, I don't want to run the two on it yet because it needs um it needs a different build for OpenHD. Tailspin's saying that's why you need angle mode as a chicken switch. I had angle mode. I had um, rescue no mode as well. But when you're upside down, 
not that high up and then the video goes you don't you don't have enough time to consider yeah. things because you've already oh, by the time your brain said i need to do something there's a distant explosion <laughs> going somewhere in the you're like wait a minute should i thud yeah. what somebody should make is like a little kind of fold out flag a little red flag and that you can take it to you when you when you find what's left of it stick the flag in the ground because i i do the same thing i i always get back even though i think i've got everything even if you step five six steps away and you realize that one of the canopies is missing or part of the you know your, your run cams disappeared or whatever yeah. it is you turn around and you have just no idea where you were um i definitely think yeah we should all just have like a, like a flat you know like they do in those crime dramas where the you know where they're finding um yeah, every just, time you find something it, put a little flag and then draw yeah. a chalk line around your quad it's like, yeah, like, like, like no the the spray marker <laughs> stuff you know like the well, thing i should have done is like pack up all my stuff put it in the bag and then walk to where the quad is but what i always do is leave all my crap like in disarray yeah. on the floor walk to the quad pick up the remains of the quad walk back to my bag and then go oh it's missing a bit where did this land and it's like way over there and you can't remember where it is yeah. no no i have vague hope though that the vague hope is that field um that area there's some roman ruins around it and so that there's always metal detectors going on, doing their thing and, and digging stuff up. And if they find anything modern, they give it back to my brother-in-law who owns the farm because they think it might have fallen off his tractor or something. So there's a possibility. We we cross our fingers. But, yeah, getting I, – I doubt they're going to find, you know, a, a brand-new Pi Zero, which, which works. That's the, that's yeah. the problem. I, I need one of those to get flying again. Do you know, do you know what one of my favourite things was? Um, I don't know – it was like it was some sort of like UK. Uh, it had like a little evil devil in it. It was like a view balls of steel, I think it was called. And the, the little devil was on a beach with it, like there was metal detector people, and he buried buried a hydrojet cut out word that just said in in the sand so they're they're metal detecting and then they'll come across it dig it up and then they lift it up and it says it's one of my favorite things in the world Uh, yeah i'm I'm sure there's lots of things in fields thanks to the radio control flyers in this country you know that are uh they'll get in a thousand years' oh, time, they'll be thinking, "What the heck was the, what? Yeah, what was the spit of technology doing out in the middle of nowhere?" I know. Yeah, these Romans were very advanced with these GPS. <laughs> well, what would we? Yeah, they look back in a thousand years and, and be like, "We think uh, the the previous generation left these cameras in fields as some sort of offerings oh, to really? gods." <laughs> Looking primitive tools, these animals. Yeah, numbskull. I will be paying for the chamfered edges. Uh, uh, yeah. Next time, <laughs> you've learned. The thing yeah, is, we've, we've, all, we've all done it. We've all done it. It, it. I mean, the thing is, it's horrible being cut, but the worst one is where it's actually a splinter that cuts you, and then you have to then try and pull that sucker out as well and hope it was clean. It just, it, it's horrible, Stephen, when you catch yourself on that. No worries. It's why those frames that are nicely finished cost an extra five bucks because somebody sat there with a bit three, of memory. It was pain. only three dollars. I'm an idiot. I was like, Shamford, nah. <laughs> the the one you get from Banggood though, because this one's from CNC Madness, the seven inch. The five inch is from Banggood, who Chris got to produce that, and they they do it a bit cheaper. It's cut by iFlight. It comes in an oh, iFlight okay. box, 
and uh, comes with chamfered edges and all the fittings and the 3D printed parts and straps and everything, just like it's a pucker BNF style frame, you know. It's uh, pretty neat. Anyhow, sorry. Ah, oh, talking about um, multi rotors. Enough of that. Yeah. Oh, uh, Richard Warwick has uh, given us. I don't know whether you guys, I've I've seen I've seen this because uh, you know we're we're friends of of menace Red. old menace RC. But oh, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah the old I can we can play this in the background. But yeah, it looks like they got, they managed a nice four up with some HD zero. Um, yeah, job getting I, all that running first time. No, no real hiccups, which is good. I know. I've had a long chat with Greg about this. It was really interesting because this this is a venue apparently was a pig because the the whole outside of this stadium is a hotel which is full of free Wi-Fi and everything else. So they right. they tried to run analog for this race. The analog system wouldn't work at all. So then they fired up the Sharkbite HD zero stuff and it works works reasonably well. But the interesting thing is uh, Greg rang me, rang me after this and said, um, I'm trying to get hold of a shark bite system <laughs> and I can't find one for love the money. Can I borrow yours? Because I want to look at developing something, you know, improving it. Mm. The way they had it, it was just a, like a, you probably saw if you haven't seen it on Instagram, they had like a big white board with about five or six shark bites stuck on it with, um, with the, all the antennas facing forward. But, uh, but interestingly, Sharkbite was one of the things I wanted to talk a little bit about and because it's been out two and a half years now. Mm. You know, I was quite a big proponent of it when it first came out. It was like, brilliant, we've got, you know, DJ, we've got something else. Um, yeah. I just wonder what everyone's thought was about Sharkbite and whether or not anything, you know, what, what your impression of it is because I'm still kind of waiting for it to break through. We've got a Sharkbite model, this little three-inch. We had Pavel on the show uh, last week, and uh, he was talking about um, the fact that they've added iNav support for it now. So you're now in the you're now able to have the OSD on your fixed wing. Obviously, you could have just run it blind and not had OSD, but you've got OSD support. It's nice. The um, the the HD zero cameras which I've got here are a cut above the others. I, I flew someone else's setup before getting this and let him fly my DJI. And he had a bunch of different cameras, and there is a vast difference in the different cameras. Some of them are really oh, quite wow. rough, like sky purple. The grass is kind of weirdly yeah, emerald neon green. Color, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the HD Zero cameras are a great upgrade for that system, I think. But it's not DJI. It's not got the clarity. It's not got the the range. But you know, if you really want to do long range, and you you are your antenna game is good, then you could go longer because you can break past that 13-kilometer artificial boundary. So maybe if you're doing a lot of long-range fixed wing and you're in a country where that's legal, then HD0 makes a lot of sense. And I've seen some beautiful mountain surfing starting to appear using that, which looks wonderful. I think yeah. it's interesting that we've had, we're still on the same module. And to seeing that photo um, that Jack's just put up, um, it's still the same module that they brought out two and a bit years ago when the system was first mm -hmm. released. It just, it just, I thought by now we'd have been on version 
well, like the DJI stuff would have been on version two. You know, that module, the the antennas on it, I don't think are particularly sensitive. It's quite a clunky unit, in my humble opinion. I thought it would have been, you know, getting into this, you know, Fat Shark might have brought out some goggles with it integrated, or, um, I, you know, I'm excited to do more stuff with HD Zero with it. Assume, well, assume I get it back when Greg's finished with it. Um, because I think you're right, Steve. I think HD Zero are probably more excited about the system than Fat Shark seems to be at the moment. Because I just don't hear anything from well, Fat Shark. Have officially dropped it, which is the weird politics of the whole thing. After launching those Scout goggles and owning the release of as was Sharkbite, they've lost all interest in Sharkbite, and now they're just moving back away from it to do only goggles. Um, and I've seen reports of people saying, oh, yeah, the Scout goggles are considered pre-release. They were never officially released. You've got beta goggles. We're not supporting any of the any of the uh, now Sharkbite products, the now HD Zero products that were Sharkbite. They're trying to distance themselves from it, which is a strange maneuver. But I would really hope that we would, by now, have seen something in the same form factor as a rapid fire, as TBS yeah, Fusion. And if they have to add a few pins to do HDMI out, then so be it, you know. Maybe you could have a socket where you run the cable around the outside of the goggles, but Fat Shark can release a new set of goggles where they just put the HDMI plug into the module bay. There's plenty of space in there. We're not short of space to add an extra socket in there. Um, but there's just no interest. And I think it's not going to be Fat Shark that drives it because of that. It's going to be people like Orca it's going to be people like Skyzone who, who are actually pushing things forward, and we're going to see he's, Fat he's, Shark go me too and follow them. I think I think you're absolutely right. I think it changed when Fat Shark sold themselves to was it Red? Not not Red Red Cat. Cat. Red Cat. Yeah, um, that's for me. You know, as somebody that used to work very closely with Fat Shark, that's when it. it it fundamentally changed and the whole energy changed. And I think they have a very different set of priorities um, because let's face it, you know, Fat Shark haven't brought out any new goggles for ages, um, you know, and it just, it just seems to be very weird. And there's obviously a plan, right? There must be a plan because you wouldn't spend that much money on something mm. like Fat Shark and then just, well, actually some people would to destroy the competition, but you know, no, you wouldn't expect them to just dry it out. But I think you're right, Steve. I personally, I think it's going to be, you know, the guys behind HD zero, it's going to be other people who are going to run with it now. Um, and, have the benefit of that kind of open source collaborative effort. Um, and it just, you know, it's just such a shame because I remember when Sharp Bike, well, back then it was called Bike Frost, if you remember that, it was supposed to mm -hmm. be out at the same time as the DGI stuff. I think DGI got a whiff of what was going on and pulled the trigger and it came out. I was actually in Florida in that August, three, two and a half years ago, must be. Um, and uh, I had a video on it. And I had an email from Greg at Fat Shark that basically went, don't release it. Don't release it. I've seen the DJI system. We are going back to the drawing board. The DJI system is so much um, better in terms of the visuals that I don't want to release it now. I'm going to go, we, we're kind of going to go back and we're going to add the secret source. And I was like, okay, that's kind of annoyed me because, you know, I'd set the video up so it would be a big thing while I was on holiday. Um, but it's like, okay, that's fine. You know, your call. And then here I am, two and a half years later. £184. What? Yeah, so that there was a promo where there was a 50% off, and that's where I'm a bunch of other people snagged them. And now, yeah, not so compelling. And to, to what Painless was saying, I think they, they missed a trick there because 
if they had just put it out there, there would have been people on analog who didn't want TGI who would have bought into it. But as it is, the extra time they spent cooking it, I don't think really changed the product too much. No, I don't think. I, I think for me, the issue's always been about the VTXs. They've always been quite big, quite clunky. Uh, they they were very hot. They're hot. You know, they, yeah. they you know if we think DJI HD, you know, the air units run a bit warm. You know, try one of the Sharkbite things because you know well, it, it, even at twenty five milliwatts, Sharkbite is putting out a lot of heat. Just doing the video conversion, getting the signal from the camera, and getting it into the format it needs to put over yeah. the air. That is taking a lot of power, and they really do pick up a bunch of heat to the point where you worry if you leave them unattended. Because I'm also yeah. hearing people saying you get some sparkles on them that don't necessarily go away if you let them get too hot. <laughs> the, so the other, the other thing I found, sorry, sorry, uh, Wayne, the other thing I found very quickly was that the the cameras, the early cameras in particular on that system, emitted some harmonics in the ra- exactly the right range to upset your GPS. And I was because I, I put it on a nine half cord because I'm a freak, uh, and I and kind of went back and went when I turn when I turn the camera on my GPS won't lock, and they went, oh dear, what? And 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 they said, well, there's nothing on the system that should be that should be you know going about the 1.2 1.5 gigahertz. It shouldn't affect it all. I said try it, and they went. Oh yeah. So the, so then it was kind of like, how do you shield for that? It'll be a harmonic of one of the, there was, it felt very much like a, and I don't mind some of the early stuff. I mean, lots of things that we get in the hobby, the version yeah. one feels like a test, doesn't it? Let's be honest. You know, look at the peanut, uh, the, some of the thumb camera stuff that's going on at the moment with gyro flow. Um, you know, but the early adopters, you know, the people who buy it, we, we, you know, we get it in, we play with it, and then the version two and three comes out or it gets fixed in firmware. I don't have, you know, that's the kind of trajectory that happens a lot. That's what you'd expect, right? Yeah. But but here we are two and a half years later, at this point, I'd, I'd be expecting, like you said, a module with a little HDMI mm. cable that drops down the bottom that you plug in, that can be powered, that has, you know, a, a lot, very small VTXs that fit on whoops, because that was the idea in the early days. Wow. Because at the moment, you know, the HD system from DJI, you've, you know, the smallest unit, you know, the people have skeletonized it and put it on whoop the larger whoops, but it's not really designed for that. They just, I think they just missed a, missed a bit of a trick. This episode was recorded in front of a live online audience, downloaded and edited to make sense when it's played audio only, censored to please the iTunes people, hosted on the internet, forwarded through to your podcast provider, downloaded, playing on your device, and is now playing in your ears, all thanks to our Patreons. Consider joining them and you'll also get other online benefits. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash let's drone out. I think that one of the reasons for the limited availability, if you look at the cameras in particular, when the cameras came out, these HD zero ones, which were vastly improved image quality, they were coming out in such small quantities. They were effectively doing uh, time limited release. Every day there would be 100 cameras for sale. And yeah. if, if you look kind of what's going on there, that was Carl Zhao, the founder of HD Zero, self-funding a production run, and he only had enough cash, enough capital, to do however many hundred or thousand cameras were in that run. That's why it wasn't on general sale. So I think mm-hmm. a lot of what we're seeing is one man's vision. He really wants to make it happen, but he doesn't have a massive contract. He doesn't have a massive retail presence. And so what we're seeing is this drip feed where you're like, Okay, 
Who would love this? Well, racers would love it because it plays nicely and you can use eight channels or however many channels you normally would with analog on digital. Okay, so let's push it into racers. Let's do the 20 mil race VTX. Who else wants it? Right, there's some freestyle pilots who want something that's not DJI. Right, let's let's cater to them. And product by product, they're slowly trying to grow it. But there's no massive cash injection. There's none of that red cat dollar, which would have happened if Fat Shark had actually made it go. Yeah. And so that, it, it's that's not That's what we all hoped for, wasn't it, Steve, when, when it was bought by those guys. And, and that's the way it was kind of positioned, that all this money was going to pour in. And we were looking, brilliant. It's going to, you know, it's going to be accelerated through to a sophisticated product. And it's like, oh, Andrew, Andrew Hines make an interesting point in the chat talking about that what, what we need is a video equivalent of the ELRS system um, and whether or not HD0 or OpenHD are going to be there, the, the answers to it. Um, I think, Wayne, what's your view on that? Because you, you've been playing with, uh, is it OpenHD you've been playing with? Well, yeah, we, I mean, we've discussed it several times. It's like OpenHD is an interesting prospect, but it's not particularly user-friendly. Um, there are various hurdles to get over in terms of how easy it is to set up because at the moment you're putting a raspberry pi in which doesn't it's not the easiest thing to fit in it can be done and you can get very good results and i think the distance record is something like 100 kilometers or something ridiculous like that but it's not it's not like dji here's your air unit here's your goggles you're off and going so i was i was going to say what do we know about the orca system because they haven't they got like two digital systems they're going to launch and plus they're trying to make their goggles friendly to all so it it, it works with hd0 it's got you can plug in hdmi directly and record from it even because that's even good for open hd it's like oh i get rid of my ground recording if i can just plug hdmi in and and record so is is that yet another system that that might be something. Yeah, and we see a lot of these people, and I think this is the Red Cat link as well. With Orca, they're definitely courting hob- non-hobbyists. The hobby market is not that big. It's not 2015. It's not, you know, we don't have Pepsi-Cola queuing up to put advertising around drones. But what you do have are government contracts. And a lot of these uh, Orca and Red Cat seem to be courting government contracts you know, get the federal dollars because typically the contracts are incredibly lucrative. They're effectively open-ended. Um, you can just ratchet up the the costs. You don't have to try too hard. There's a reason say people say it's good enough for government work. You just need to get the contract locked down and you can, you know, mm. not really try too much after that point. Um, and I, I think maybe we're losing out on, on those markets because it's so easy if you can produce a video inspection system or a video security system, not necessarily defense systems, but there's plenty of aspects in large countries like the USA where you, you can sell into those federal markets and you can make a decent amount of cash so long as you are the one that gets that contract. And without many players in the space, Red Cat and others stand to stitch that up and make a lot of money. And it might be five years before that trickles down to us on the hobbyist side. 
I think the oh. dynamics of how the hobby work has changed completely. I think you're absolutely right in that big boom where everyone and their dog jumps on their bandwagon to try and flog multi-rotor drone racing. Uh, you know, you know, just think of all the terrible goggles that were released <laughs> in those three or four years. You know, it's like everyone in China grabbed a couple of OLED displays and a couple of lenses and smacked, you know, and they'd ship put them in a box and charge 400 quid for them. You know, I, I, loads of things that I got, got, was offers I just didn't get in because they just, they were so, so bad. And mm-hmm. we're at the other end of that now where it feels like the people in the hobby <clears throat> are genuinely in the hobby because they want to be in the hobby, not because they think it's a lucrative way to make loads of money. And mm-hmm. lots, so we've seen loads of people disappear, uh, you know, flynoceros and lots of stores and things have gone. And the people who are left are the people who are passionate or they have moved absolutely right, Steve, I think, that's you know, into more lucrative areas where they can get funding from other places. And we may, as a hobby, see the results of that. Right. And I think that's that, I personally think that's how... DJI managed to knock it out of the park with the HD system, even on the version one goggles, because, you know, they've had a lot of very expensive high-end video systems for inspection and professional filming that they've had forever. You know, had a lot of background experience in that, you know, thousands of pounds for those. Mm-hmm. Is it like Bridge? Is that one of the ones they had and things like that? And, they, yeah. and all that experience was kind of trickled down into, into a unit that got sold as a, you yeah. know, as a hobbyist thing, and, uh, we get the benefit of that. And unfortunately, there's also the, the you know the political tensions that that Trump caused between the US and China, where there was a lot of kind of anti-China sentiment, you know, bordering on xenophobia that was cultured during that time, which has you know caused China to be shut out of government contracts and and might have helped slow down the innovation that we saw from DJI and FPV systems. Um, also, you got to remember, um, you know, with Red Cat, they own DJI as well. So there's a little bit of a conflict of interest because they own Fat Shark and um, and DJI. That Red maybe Cat they just, I think so, don't they? With Rotor Riot, they're sponsored with DJI. I mean, they're, sorry, they're don't sponsored, own it. but sponsored, they don't own it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it seems a bit expensive. To, to buy Fat Shark just to sort of shut them down, as it were, and um, try and sell more DJI mm. stuff via their store, though. That's that's what I thought. There must be there must be something coming. There must be some innovation. But as as Lee said, I I would have expected a module or goggles with it inbuilt and not having you know the big thing on the the end of your goggles by now. But that tumor. It, it, it it feels like Fat Shark's almost disappeared since since that sale. I I don't recall them bringing. Orca's looking good, Since. but then they're asking for close to six hundred quid for their technology, aren't they? Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. see, the thing, the thing at the moment is that as soon as you're talking that kind of money, then you're into fat, uh, into DJI goggle. Territory. Why would you pay that for an analog goggle? I mean, it's a good analog goggle. Don't get me wrong, but it's fundamentally the analog goggle you could have bought in 2018. Really? Yeah. I remember I did the I did a video where I put analog. HD zero slash shark bite and the DJI system on a, on a, on a scale of one to 10. And I think what I said was the DJI system is the, is the, in terms of the ones I've flown the best. So that's 10. And then, it, you know, uh, the best FPV experience with the best goggles, the best camera, the best VTX, the best module um, is probably only going to be about four. 
<laughs> you know, even it's 460, 640 no. by 480, you know, it, it's, it's never going to be the same. And it's just, um, I know all my, a lot of my friends who've tried, tried it and I'm, I'm not a fan of DJI, you know, I've been on record of saying that I don't think as a company, they're very, I don't like the way they operate, but in terms of the, in terms of the HD system, it's kind of become the gold standard now. And I just, I can't mm. believe that two and a half years later, we haven't got a serious competitor. I, I, mean, I, will say, I will say, if you fly under trees, I can fly a situation where DJI sucks. I can fly through branches and HD zero will show me those branches. If I've got bad lighting and I've got close branches, DJI is going to mangle that and just give me blocks. So it's not perfect. Sorry for interrupting you there, Painless. No, no, I, I think you're right. And that's the thing that no system is. It, it, the DJI system suits the way I fly because I don't do the flying through the trees and the branches stuff. I like to go in the middle of nowhere and basically fly, you know, get at altitude, you know, 400 feet and just fly around and have a look. And for that, you know, it's hard, it is hard to beat, um, you know, because even when I'm doing stuff in the fields and I'm flying through some of the trees at low level, you're absolutely right. With the DJI system, you have that momentary pixelization stuff you get kind of that hitting um but you kind of hope that when it you don't ever lose it completely um but it just i yeah i just want an alternative i want an alternative i'd love an alternative that will fit lots of other goggles they don't have to buy a complete new goggle system for that the barrier that the point of entry is a lot lower because at the moment, you know, even this, the version two goggles are what 500 quid the air units are 100 odd quid each um, you know, for lots of pilots, six, seven hundred quid's a lot of money. Yeah. Then, it, but you can easily spend that on an analog system if you go in top draw. You know, your HDO twos, your uh, rapid fire, and all you know, and all that stuff. You can easily put a hole in that same amount of money. It does add up when you start adding rapid fires or the TBS fusion, which are kind of the gold standard. Yeah, that's uh, an extra hundred pound on those goggles right away. Hundred pounds on whatever you were going to put on your face. I, People are mentioning OpenHD here, and I think that that does feel like it's the the way that we need to go. And I've been using ExpressLRS a while to have seen the, the kind of teething problems that systems like this have. And ExpressLRS, because they've got a very simple design, believe it or not, like there's not a lot of chips there. There's not a lot of software. They iterated quite fast through that. But it was a real pain. And I've been there with my ST-Link doing flashing for that system. And it was laborious, and it's not friendly to newcomers. And and I think OpenHD is still back there in the it's it's a a tinker toy for geeks, and it needs to get past that. It needs to find not just hey you can buy this dev board and run it. It needs to get funding to build a board that's just for OpenHD to put it in a thirty by thirty form it, factor. It, it and could sell it to be the coming. I talked to the guys involved. There, there's a Patreon which is separate from OpenHD to try and develop a board that would do this. And I talked to them a couple of months ago to see where they were and see if I could talk to them about it at some point. And I said, wait, though, because I want to see I want to see if I can fly on a quad first to see where I am. Um, and their intention is to get it to the point where they can get somewhere between 40 and 60 milliseconds of latency and basically get it down to a flight controller board. Um, and that's the thing that's going to go on your quad. And they seem to have been getting towards that when I last spoke to them. So one of the things I want to do is get in touch with them again and uh, say, let's see where you got to and, and sort of talk through it and see where we are. Because that, that would be quite nice. I mean, it is, 
it is still a pain. And the reason I, I, I bang on about HD so often is, is A, because it's interesting. And I, I do like to tinker. And this is, as I, as I said in a couple of my videos, it kind of felt like the first time I did FPV, there was a real like, is it going to make it? <laughs> is it going to just explode? Which is a fun thing. But um, but that's how that's how all things start. They all start off a bit clunky and a bit bad. But right now it's like, okay, well, we can get HD, HD video down and we, we've already got the OSD stuff going on and it, it talks mm -hmm. to flight controllers. That's quite good. We just need to shrink it down, not have it, running in Linux, or, or it can run in Linux, you just don't want to have to SSH to you your flight controller to, to start Linux. doing things. Yeah, Linux is you don't great want to have to know, know it's running. <laughs> yeah, you just want you just want to, like a couple of clicks to set stuff up. Um, and I, the, the, So the reason I like tinkering with it is it's something I see potentially and I see it could get there. Mm. But to be fair, it, it, it developed from something else called Open Wi-Fi Broadcast, which was several years back. And that didn't easy catch Wi -Fi on. Broadcast. It's, it's easy Wi-Fi broadcast. It was easy Wi-Fi. It's one of the one of the ones, and, and that had the yeah. same sort of thing. Yeah. And so OpenHD, I think, is getting a little bit more attention. So we're hopeful. But yeah, as as Caroline said, and as you guys have all said, it needs something. It needs a small little integrated circuit, which essentially can um, encode video and send it, because that's that's what's taking time. And when you run this on a Pi whatever, Pi Zero, which is already running a full operating system and doing umpteen tasks in the background. And you say, can you just uh, encode this video and send it down the Wi-Fi? There's, there's a delay there because this isn't, it's not a real-time operating system. There's other stuff going on and it hasn't got the specialised hardware that FPGAs. literally the chips I think just to say, you don't want FPGA because FPGA red herring takes a lot of energy to do stuff real time you want. doesn't it's, necessarily it's mean chip. faster or better. Real time just yeah, real time means, means deterministic. It means it's going to yeah, respond yeah. on a known um, amount of time. Whereas it's, with, with real time it can stuff, be it's like you've got an input and then you need an output. With this, you've got like a constant stream of video. So, hmm. and when you do real time, all your drivers and everything have to work with real time. It's not necessarily. It's not. I mean, it's. Some situations it is better, but it isn't necessarily a silver bullet because you can run Linux with a real-time kernel, and it just it makes everything way more complex. <laughs> it makes it much oh, harder. Oh yes, to use. there's 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 no doubt about it. it. It's it's much more complicated, and I, I'm not suggesting this should be the 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 way it should go. But by by stripping out things that we don't need, like we don't really need it to run an operating system. It doesn't need to be we running just... Debian. Like there's people who want to make it work on build root and just have a much smaller, simpler image. And I think that the flashing tools and everything, like the one of the reasons that ExpressLRS has done so well is they've got a really amazing side project, which is this configurator software that takes all of that complexity and you just press a button and the complexity happens and you watch like thousands of lines of logs view and you're, it's done. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. I was just shown thousands of lines of garbage, but okay, it's working fine. Okay, move on. But but of course, for many people, that looks too complicated because it's like, what it builds it? That's that's complicated. Why, why doesn't it just have this image that it puts there? That's that's what they'd like in a sort of friendly thing. So the friendlier, the smaller, mm. the least thinking the about OSs play. or anything we can get, the better. Yeah, yeah I, I think you're right, Curry, because the whole the whole point of entry, um, and this is the issue that you know, as as a as an engineer. Uh, or, or ex-engineer, I suppose you'd put me as. It's very, it's very easy to 
to kind of get to the point where it's all working and then kind of go, okay, we draw a line around that and that's the system. But to really drive the adoption, you've got to drive it down to almost the lowest common denominator, exactly right, like a board that's ready to go, a configurator or a single hex file. Um, and then, and then you know, the kind of people that I'm helping every day on my YouTube channel can kind of buy one from Hobby RC and they can get it and it's already got version flashed on it and they can, and if they want to, they yeah. can play. And then it become, you know, then you drive a whole different level of volume because, you know, with the Express, going back to Steve's point about the Express LRS stuff, um, you know, I'm playing around with version two. And interestingly, you know, we talked about your video on uh, fix, flying a fixed wing with it. I've got a video coming about the PWM receivers. Um, it, it, the version two is is a very different animal in the way lots of things work than version one. Um, and for somebody that kind of plays with it all the time, it's relatively straightforward. But I know that half of my flying buddies, it's it's as soon as you see lines of code flashing up, like, you know, they think they're in the matrix, right? You know, and they'll all, they'll all you know, they, they, their minds will just explode. Um, it just, you know, if it just kind of like, like, and this is where I think DJI are very good in that, you know, they have to figure out, you plug the air unit in and it goes, oh, there's an air unit. Do you want to activate it? And you go, mm. please. And it goes, right, you're good to go. And that level is the kind of the level that, you know, that give you the broadest amount of customers and ultimately drive the volume for you. But it, um, I, I would love there to be another uh, HD system, and then that would give us uh, this year we'd have ELRS, we'd have Edge TX, and we'd ha we'd have an open HD system. That would be the trinity. That would be a whole new level for the for the hobby. It's the one bit that's missing, I think. Mm. I think we should kind of look around the average home and look at all the gadgets and gubbins we have. Like I've got a load of Zigbee lights, and I've got hubs that control them, and I've got just gadgets and i assume a bunch of them probably run linux but i've never had to find out i've never had to approach anything that looked like an interface i've i've done most of it using my mobile phone and and when we get to that type of level i think the dgi stuff is actually not trying hard enough that it makes you plug into a windows pc and install a program there if i had something that i could put on my phone and plug into my phone or i powered on and then put my phone near it and it recognized it that now you're talking now that's ease of use i don't need to sit down with a laptop i could be out in a field and be like oh yeah i'm just setting up this thing like you would with you know your philips hue or your ikea smart home stuff that you picked up on a whim while you're buying some shelves you know and it it's just a doddle to set up and that's the kind of the last boundary that we're not quite getting to you still need to be carting around a laptop for all of this stuff and i was just going to say shady makes um also a good point here about I've got mates that have never updated anything because as soon as you say flash something to somebody, they get really nervous. Like I could break it and I don't want to flash it and I'm just going to leave it. That's the problem. Well, it, that, that's if they understand what you mean. It doesn't mean, you know, get a long coat and do that in front of it. But, uh, but, it, but it is, it's because I, I'm a big fan of the school as well, Wayne, of if it works, don't bugger about with it. Um, you know, so so a lot of the ELRS stuff that I've been playing with has been on version 1.1 something. Um, and then I had to update it to version two. And then, you know, as Steve can probably attest to, once you once you do one little bit, you're kind of committed, you know, to do to do the whole thing. And it and yeah. I can I absolutely get why people go, you know what, it's kind of it's good enough. I just want to fly. Because there are people out there who are not interested in all the techno, they just want it to work. 
one thing I do like about that project is the way that they've done the software like properly from a versioning standpoint. And if it's version one, it works with everything else version one, whether it's 1.1, 1.2. If it's version two, you can flash your radio with version two and you could flash another one with version 2.2 and you could flash a model with 2.1 and they're all going to work with each other so long as the main number is the same. Uh, that's that's proper compatibility and that's quite nice to see. Yeah, it's like we do a lot of the modern projects that are running, even like the HTX guys. They are using proper discipline these days, and you know, even I now, you know, with the major revisions yeah. and like that, you know, everyone's... raging sparrow. Yeah. No, what, what was that about? Does anyone know the reason why they called it Raging Sparrow? Did you not catch us? No, you didn't. No. It was mentioned on here, and yeah, jokingly, someone said Raging Sparrow. And and it's well, and all it's I can stuck, say yeah. is it's a, it's a good job, Jack, that you're not on that development team because Lord knows what would it get called with you. I think we chastised him that the software police were going to get him because he had Red Kite down for 4.0 and Red Kite down for 4.1. And that I, I, you know, I chivied him like, you know, the software police are going to get you, man, because you're using the same code name for two releases. Did, what, did they and not someone have came up with Raging Sparrow? capitalization or different or you know punch or underscore or something raging sparrow jeez Liz, that is great he's not having a good time at the moment uh hackers oh, got onto his AWS yeah i saw a server. bunch of spam that was my distracted expression a while ago uh someone yeah. did the whole you know get your free nitro thing which discord seems to uh suffer from it's free from most spam but every now and then it just gets smacked about some spam mm. Yeah. Speaking of spam and those things, Curry, have you had any of those people coming on your channel and pretending to be you and answering comments? No. Although I did, I did see your um, video about it, and certainly people using your logo and and sort of saying, "Oh, call me here, and I'll, I'll get your prize." It would be quite nice if they answered the questions and and sort of it, useful it bots that could answer the questions correctly. <laughs> Yeah. but it's interesting because Nurks had it loads of us have had, had it it's just I, I'll mention it on here for those who are listening so there is a thing going on one of the latest spa, scam things on YouTube because they're always trying to separate you from your money or your identity or both is uh, people are pretending to be the channel that you're on and particularly on things like prize draws are replying to you uh, and because the icon looks the same as the channel that you're on it might look like it's the person that owns the channel uh it's invariably not because the name's different it's usually like a whatsapp number is the actual name um i I posted about this there was two very odd diametrically different sets of um reaction usually you get a whole spectrum but there was loads of people who were going god i can't believe anyone would fall for that and then the other end of the spectrum which was well i actually did call that person and they didn't get back to me so it you know because people are very trusting and particularly on channels like ours where we try and you know keep the idiot element down as much as we can with the spammers and the porn links and god knows what else um it was just a little bit of a of a distraction a couple of weekends ago so just a shout out if you're if you're watching um place in youtube and facebook and stuff and somebody is trying to talk to you and you think it is um, a content creator that you follow or you're commenting on but it isn't their channel name 
let the owner of the channel know because it's probably not going to be them, particularly if they're asking you to send an email or send details or wrong a phone number. Ask them about the benefits of left-hand versus right-hand circular polarised antennas, just to see. Yeah, or ask them about flashing edge TX. You know, let's see, you know, <laughs> yeah. let, let's get some of that out of the way. I'll tell you what I have got in the last... I mean, it's happened just before Christmas. There seem to be explosions of spam from Czech domains, something.cz, every time. And it's always the same sort of scam. And you you can spot it a mile away. Somebody will say, oh, I've watched your channel. I am a representative for insert huge conglomerate here. Like, I, I work for Nike. We would like you to review... And it's like bad English. As Not an African expect, really, Usually it's really African crappy prince. email. As but soon as you'd reply, not that I would reply, what you generally get is uh, an executable file coming over that says, this is our catalogue, run it, and then choose what you want from the catalogue, which is obviously mm. don't run, don't run yeah. executable files. I usually reply and ask them which version of wine I should use. Um, <laughs> uh, just... Just don't. It's just it's just bots doing it, and it's yeah. automatically reply stuff. And it's just again just to warn anybody that that might run a, a small a smaller YouTube channel like mine and suddenly gets these emails from people <laughs> saying they are people. Just they don't. Used to, they don't used ever to call me up, exes. and I, I got one of them like, "Oh, can you run this?" And I'm like, "Wait a minute, yes, I'm running it. It's not doing anything." And they're like, "Can you open registry?" I'm like, "Wait a minute, and I need to install that. Hang on." And they're like, what, you need to install? Yeah, I'm just, okay, I've created a new prefix and running registry. What is it you want me to do? Okay. <laughs> um, speaking of executables, uh, that is all we've got time for. You've been listening to Let's Drone Out. Thank you very much. Uh, massive shout out to all our lovely Patreons and anyone who donated, i.e. Numskull. Thank you, guys very much thank you thank, thank you, you everyone in the chat you are awesome thank you so much don't forget we're live on youtube every thursday 8 p.m gmt or 3 p.m eastern standard and i don't know wherever what else. time if you're in australia uh six in or the san morning. francisco <laughs> uh one it up. something um you've been joined by everyone's favorite curry kitchen goodbye Everyone's oh, he's just unbuttoned. Yeah, it's it's, well, it's, 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 it's a whole stripper thing, but you know it, it's too late now. We're out of time. Oh man, yeah, Get, getting inside and changing up all that RAM. <laughs> not, not anymore. We're SSD'd up. I'm not touching another computer now. But um, yeah, thank you for having me on, guys. Love to talk to you, and thank you to everyone in the chat. And thanks for tuning in, and listening. It's always a pleasure <laughs> to hang out. No worries. And remember, if you get a uh, any messages from uh, Painless Seven Twenty, that's me being a dick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've been joined by Belric, Shiny Video Stuff, Stephen. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Painless. Thanks, chat. And I've been bright till I fly. Thank you, guys. Good night. Telemetry lost.